Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Four Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, the musical number of our Droids in Distress episode. <laughs> Here we are to discuss all the news and goings and happenings in Star Wars and a great topic today overall that we're going to get into parenting in Star Wars. We have been waiting a while to get into this one because parenting in Star Wars is very, very important. To get me through these adventures, as always, is the wonderful Joseph Scrimshaw and the amazing Jennifer Landa. Hello. Welcome. Happy to be here. I'm full of coffee. Oh, Just really? so you know. 
Yeah. Okay. I had more cups than I meant to, and so I'm vibrating just a little bit. <laughs> more cups than you meant to. Yep. Oh. I always always have my pregame monster lemonade <laughs> had in the car on the way over here, so that means I usually crash halfway through the, the eight <laughs> questions. I've got to change that around. Jennifer, are you on any kind of stimulant today? No, but I am wearing my coffee necklace. Where is it? To show oh, my yeah. love. Okay. Yeah, it well, literally says coffee. That's good enough. When you said that coffee worked. necklace, I thought it was maybe in directly into your <laughs> clavicle or something. Ooh. Someone get on that. Is that possible? Caffeine clavicle. I think by episode nine, calf <laughs> should just be injected straight into you. Uh, guys, it's good to see you here today. I want to take a moment to talk about some stuff up top, Joseph. We, we, we've also, I want to address quite, quite, we talk about some behind the curtain, behind the scenes stuff with our fans, and we, we appreciate your guys' support so much. Uh, we have grown in, in, in the last week or two. Our downloads are up. Our rankings are up. And life isn't about downloads and rankings, but when we put a lot of passion into this, Joseph and Jennifer, it does mean a lot that we we see a growth in our fan base and a continuation of our fans' loyalty and dedication to us. Right, Jennifer? It feels so good. It's a little Ewok hug that I just look <laughs> forward to. Thank you, guys. Exactly. Yep. An Ewok hug is a really nice way to say it because, you know, you you know, you put a lot of work into stuff like Ken is saying, yeah. and a lot of times people are like, they're like, hey, that's good. Mm-hmm. And then there's a difference if the Ewok offers a hug, you know, <laughs> it's like when, when people become advocates, yeah. you know, so it's like if you're on Endor and you're, you're juggling or whatever and that yeah. Ewok looks at you and blinks and just like, good job, and then walks away and goes on with their life. That's nice. That's, that's supportive. Right. But when the Ewok stops and is like, that was really good. I'm going to give you a hug. <laughs> then you got something special and we're getting some Ewok hugs from our very supportive fans, yeah, which is that, nice. That's kind of like a therapy Ewok, right? It is a therapy mm-hmm. Ewok. Therapy Thank you Ewok. for being our therapy Ewok. Yeah, we appreciate it, guys. And uh, we've seen an, also an increase in the uh, ratings and, and reviews on iTunes, with, which helps us. So that's going to help us grow. And there's going to be some things soon that we're going to announce that we're doing to, to help us grow. But really, it all comes down to your guys' support. And another way you can support us, Joseph, is we, we, we don't really, like a, a Jedi does not seek awards either. No. We've been nominated for the Star Wars Podcasting Awards, which is a great honor. And yeah. uh, that is out there too. Yeah. So uh, so the Star Wars uh, Podcast Awards, I think it's uh, the website is just Star Wars Podcast Awards. Dot com. Dot com. Right? Yeah. I believe so. So, but you can Google all those words together and uh, Force Center itself has been nominated, which is great. Mm-hmm. And you guys are, I, I've, I've, you can follow them on Twitter at SW Podcast Awards and Star Wars Podcast Awards dot com is where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Jedi does not uh, crave rewards, but you know, if a Jedi gets the awards, it's easier to go around and uh, do shows, live shows at conventions and things like that. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, it's like the Jedi, like, uh, you know, they don't want rewards. But then yeah. when somebody's like, hey, do you want to be on the council? They're yeah. like, well, I'll take that responsibility. We, we kind of have a dream of uh, going around this great nation and maybe even beyond our walls to uh, to maybe take Star Wars counseling and databank brawl on the road, doing some live shows. Would be yeah. great. Uh, I think the live Star Wars counseling, and by the way, Joseph, your first solo Star Wars canceling was great, oh, and informative, awesome. and comforting. Um, <laughs> but there's there was nothing like that live feeling uh, yeah. doing that Star Wars canceling over at uh, the Los Angeles Comic Convention, the formerly Stanley's Kamikaze, um, and and databank brawls live are fun as well too. So this kind of stuff helps us. We wanted to address it directly and honestly and humbly. Uh, thank you guys for your support. And you can go to StarWarsPodcastAwards.com, vote for the show, and vote for Joseph and Jennifer who who were nominated as well. You two sexy beasts. <laughs> It was a very sexy honor. I mean, it's, it was really, it's really, really kind uh, to get the nominations. Yeah. Uh, it, it does feel odd uh, that I feel like all three of us should be nominated. I don't think anybody should be 
the Chewbacca <laughs> who is not getting a medal. That's yeah. ridiculous. Now that you've phrased it that way, I actually feel more comfortable oh. being the Chewbacca no. to this medal ceremony. Uh, that is that, guys. As always, we want to take a look at some Star Wars news. Uh, you know, I always say, you know, as we build up towards Last Jedi and and the, the shooting, uh, the production beginning on Han Solo, uh, the more and more little meaty stories are starting mm-hmm. to break out. Not just the little like the font red. Like yeah. now we're actually starting to get some stuff. And Jennifer, as always, you go through the news and curate things that we should be talking about. Yeah, well, this week, uh, let's talk about the Darth Vader comic. Uh, Thanks to Marvel, we will be getting a new Darth Vader comic series that will arrive this June. The story will begin one second after the end of Revenge of the Sith. (laughs) Literally one second, that's what the writer said. And will follow Vader's journey as he adjusts to life without Padme, figures out what it means to be a Sith Lord, and constructs his infamous red lightsaber. Mm -hmm. Darth Vader's writer, Charles Sewell, told IGN, quote, we're going to explore the mythology around lightsabers to some degree, which will be very fun. I'm really lucky that I get to tell that story, end quote. So, some people online were like, I don't really care. What? Yeah. They, some people were like, they've already they've already talked about that, I guess, in the Ahsoka novel. Names. Like, I want names, Jennifer, I these just, people. Uh, just a few people in the, in the comment section, they're like, ugh, <laughs> ugh, another Darth Vader story, which I was surprised by. Are, aren't we excited about this? I am super excited. I, I was going to pitch it on... Uh, on Force Center, mm-hmm. we get a lot of the questions of like, hey, what do you want to see? Mm-hmm. And I was starting to think, oh, Vader's lightsaber would be a really cool story. Yeah. Because of it, how it plays into the Aftermath series. Right. And seeing how he, you know, exactly what this comic book is doing. How does he begin to be Vader? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw the sto- the picture of the story first at work. Uh, so I think I first saw it on Star Wars Explains Twitter feed, Alex's uh, feed. And I had the same reaction. I was like, oh, another Va- a Vader combo? We just went through? Oh, wait. Right. This is, oh, prequel yeah. era? Mm-hmm. Oh, now I'm excited. Now to even hear, I knew it was shortly after the event of, of Revenge <laughs> of the Sith, but to have that final scene of Vader crossing his arms, Tarkin walking away, and what Palpatine turns to him and is like, go to your room. Yeah, I mean, there's very much a... Oh, what have I done? Or like, you know, mm-hmm. almost like a, a, a Bluth Vader, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> like, how does he cope with that? Does he feel that in a moment, you know? There's right. always money in the banana stand. <laughs> right. um, yeah, I'm excited for this, guys. Uh, we talk about the prequel era having amazing stories. And we've mentioned it uh, a few times, uh, the Labyrinth of, of Evil novel by James Lucino, which is no longer canon. And then there's the one right after uh, that series. It's the part of the Dark Lord trilogy. It's and just, I think, Rise of Vader? Uh, yeah, i got to look it up because uh, you guys chit-chat because I, I, I forgot the guy's... <laughs> the author's name before, and I Matthew want to get Stover. You are s- probably so close to it that you're an amazing person. Maybe, maybe not. Anyway, yeah. But so, yeah, there's a, a novel that kind of tackled some of these things too. Of how does Vader become Vader? And I remember there's like a great detail that he has to use the Force just a little bit to move his legs initially. Mm, right. Um, so, but I'm so happy to have this a canon version of this. And with the lightsaber thing in Ahsoka, there is. Uh, the the new information that you can bleed the crystals to change them into red Sith crystals. Right. And that to me is like, oh, great. That's a kind of like um, a data point. Mm -hmm. But that's not the story of what does Vader go through to make this? Is it a cruel Sith tradition? Mm. Does he wait and find the perfect crystal? Is it from a specific Jedi we know that he kills and takes their crystal? Like, there's so much story to be told. Like, we have the info, but we don't have the story. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right. 
I used the Google machine because uh, saved the internet the time when they're listening <laughs> to this later to finally get this right. The, the Revenge of the Sith novel was the one written by Matthew okay. Stover, and that is a great read as yeah. well. Uh, Lucino wrote Labyrinth of Evil, which which precedes it, and Dark Lord: The Rise of Darth Vader. Okay, uh, and as you mentioned, it has a lot of uh, I thought it did a great job of explaining why Vader walked like Frankenstein's monster at yeah. the end of right. Sith, and uh, that was uh, that's uh, common now where we get a lot of things explained in new Star Wars material. Uh, Princess Leia used a affected British accent to make fun of Tarkin. Oh, okay. Yes. But this one did it in a great way where you would make sense where Vader and Anakin, more specifically on the inside, is learning how to uh, function with this with this machine around him, basically. Yeah. Exactly. So you're right. Uh, what you're saying, Joseph, have this kind of redone and what I'm, I'm sure will be... I wouldn't have minded a novel. Yep. But the, a comic series makes sense, Jennifer. Yeah. I, I would have liked a novel as well. And I think that's, that's actually what the writer was talking about, exactly what you're saying. This mm. whole notion of him grappling with the, the physicality of becoming Vader, having this, this suit of armor, becoming more machine than man. Mm-hmm. So it's about this emotional turmoil, but the physical as well. So it sounds yeah. really fascinating. And maybe we'll get a book of that one second in between. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> what is Vader thinking in that second? 400 pages. <laughs> well, speaking of books, last week I had the chance to attend the book release party for the new middle grade novel, Star Wars Join the Resistance. Writers Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, who produced The Thrilling Adventure Hour, put on a live comedy show in Los Angeles for the book's release, and what a show it <laughs> was. Weird Al Yankovic performed his song, The Saga Begins, and nice. you guys, he's a really fantastic singer. Like, I, I yeah. think he kind of puts yeah. this, like, you know, the silly quality on his on his uh, uh, CDs and stuff, yeah. but, like, in person, Holy yeah. crap. I've seen him in concert. It is amazing. Oh, amazing. Yeah. That really I, blew me I, away. Hey, man, I grew up loving Weird Al. So <laughs> right? Me he went, too. He went to the college in my hometown, so <sighs> Cal Poly Slow, so I love Al. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so he was great. Um, Jar Jar himself, Ahmed Best, was also there Ooh. talking about uh, what it was like to be Jar Jar in the aftermath. Uh, that was fascinating. really <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. Um, and one thing, uh, Michael G- Giancchino was there, the mm-hmm. uh, Rogue One composer, and he actually led the audience in a Star Wars sea shanty single. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. nice. It was, and he was dressed like a pirate. It was so exciting. Uh, but I just want to tell you guys quickly uh, a story that he told, mm-hmm. um, basically of how he was working on the music for Doctor Strange when he got the call from Lucasfilm asking him if he could go to Pinewood Studios immediately. Hmm. So he showed up on set, and he actually witnessed that epic scene in Rogue One of Darth Vader cutting down the rebels. Wow. And he said he was just like... In awe. He could not believe what he was seeing. And then they said to him, okay, so we want for you to do the music for Rogue One. And he's like, great. And they said, you have four and a half weeks. <laughs> and he said that he, he freaked out. Yeah, understandably. Like he really, and he said that he was really nervous about it. And then when he was composing and he was looking at the screen of the stormtroopers and all the different characters, he was like, okay, th- this is my mm-hmm. dream come true. So I yeah. got to put, I got to put all that aside and just do the work. Yeah. But that was, it was a great story. And it was, he's just a fan. Like, all of us, which was really cool to see. What were some of the highlights of Ahmed Best? Because um, I've seen him interviewed in other spots, but yeah. to see him in, in person about this. He just great. talked about like being at the forefront of the technology yeah. um, and you know motion capture. And uh, Matt Gorley interviewed him and basically asked him, you know, how was it knowing that you're you're that guy? Mm-hmm. And there was a pause, and the audience was totally hushed. And I, for a moment, sure. I was like, I feel terrible that mm-hmm. I've ever said anything negative about Jar Jar because yeah. sure. there is a person behind. And he's like. Yeah. 
I gave it 100%. You either love him or you you hate him. But the way I've grappled with it is that I was kind of a pioneer. And Mm -hmm. that's my way of, like, handling all the negativity. Absolutely. (gasps) Yeah. And he's also just, he was a guy doing a job. That's what he said. What is he supposed to stand up and go, like, George, I don't really know if this matches the tone of the mythos of Star Wars. Like, (laughs) just, yeah, some young guy who got a great opportunity. Yeah. He's going to push back. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me, George. I don't think I should be stepping in the poopy. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And, and and without a doubt, I don't think it's a, a stretch to say uh, my best is a pioneer. It was uh, mm-hmm. around the time that, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings was about to hit the hit the streets as well. And Andy Serkis becomes the, the golden god in that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Ahmed is a couple lines away from me maybe being right there with him if, if the lines have been different. So yeah. that's yeah. interesting. I'm yeah. fascinated by that. Uh, I'm still not giant fan of Charger. I get it. No, I get it. Exactly. But, yeah. But yeah, to that—that that is a human being doing that, and and I'm so glad. In aftermath, we have the sad ending of, of the sad tale of Jar Jar to uh, make us all feel bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, a good person to interview, Matt Gorley, because Matt Gorley is uh, about the one of the nicest guys I've ever met. He's been on my uh, obsessed podcast oh, uh, wow. talking about his obsession with quicksand, which is one of the weirder obsessions that we've ever tackled. Because wow. he is just like a yeah. kid of the '80s and. Quicksand was a big thing in the 80s. Yeah. He's talking about making it in his backyard. So anyway, he's a great, sensitive, funny, uh, really funny guy. So mm, he's a great yeah. person to interview him. Yeah, he actually shared his uh, Star Wars song that he made. I don't know when. I mean, it was like in the 80s or 90s. It was hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so that was a good time. And I just want to say that all the proceeds from that show went to uh, the pro bono law firm Public Council, which my husband is a part of. It's an organization that mm. he works at. So shout out to them. That's great. Um, Omar is going from Baltimore to a galaxy <laughs> far, far away. <laughs> Omar's that. coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, StarWars.com announced that Michael Kenneth Williams is joining the cast of the upcoming Han Solo film. Williams is best known for playing Omar Little in The Wire and Albert Chalky White in Boardwalk Empire. I was so excited by this yeah. casting news. But uh, one thing where I was like, oh, they're they're already filming and they're still casting characters? So that was interesting. Uh, but what kind of character do you guys think that he might play? We uh, talked about it a little bit because last week the news was he's probably going to be cast. Now this week the uh, news is right. he, is he is cast, cast. which yeah. is great. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, I'm I'm so torn with a lot of these really known actors whether I want to see them lean into what they've played a lot, mm-hmm. which because I can see him being a great galactic scoundrel of some kind mm-hmm. that uh, yeah, that Han double crosses on a deal. Yeah. But yeah. then, like, oh, it'd be cool to see him play, like, some sort of elder statesperson character, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think he has the gravitas to be a great villain. I think this movie, of all the castings uh, so far, we haven't really got a villain casting. I'm glad. Uh, yeah, we talked about it a little bit last week. It's been rumored for a couple weeks. Glad it's official. Yeah. This is an actor who I I actually got to say, I've never seen The Wire. I'm not a Wire guy. But I'm a Boardwalk Empire guy. <sighs> and his performance as Chalky White is up there. Jeffrey Wright's in that show as well. And Jeffrey Wright and Michael Kenneth Williams have the same kind of style. I think White is a uh, Jeffrey Wright, I should say, is a, is a little bit more of a diverse actor in terms of his his range. Uh, uh, Williams is is even on Community was being 
Williams and what he does. But they both, every time they're on the scene, there's this quiet intensity that just dominates everything that's going on with him. Yeah. Uh, not to get off on Jeffrey Wright tangent, but go to <laughs> Casino Royale and his scene on the stairs talking to Bond about, I'm bleeding chips, take yeah. my money. Like Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace. Hey, In the bar. You got to go. You got to go. You got the 30 seconds. Yeah. He is so great. I want to see Jeffrey Wright in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> but also, I mean, uh, for, for, for Michael Kenneth Williams, he is going to bring something that, that I think Star Wars, uh, or particularly this movie, which we're here, it's going to be a rollicking adventure and a buddy film and kind of a, you know, an adventure through space and kind of, yay, it's going to be light and fluffy. This this intensity, not that he couldn't do light and fluffy or funny, but this kind of intensity that he brings to all his roles, I think is an interesting, interesting necessity uh, that this movie yeah. needs. And I think mm. he, necessity that this movie needs. There's a lot of needs in this. <laughs> this is a needy, needy film. I do think, like, Omar, one of the reasons I love Omar is there is almost this uh, darkness dark wry sense of humor yes so i can see that being a great match for star wars like this is not necessarily a big goony laugh out loud line yeah but there is a sense of of play within the seriousness mm-hmm. yeah. exactly absolutely oh, so excited i can't wait i'm i'm loving that film more and more yeah. <laughs> surprise me <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the last jedi yeah disney shareholders were given a sneak peek of some footage from the last jedi during the disney shareholder meeting in denver colorado uh so now i don't know if we're going to go into specifics here but i was a little mad because I'm like, I don't want to read this, but I'm going to do it because this is what we do. I'm going to read it. Um, so do we want to go into specifics? I think the one specific, uh, and if you just don't want to, listeners, uh, tune out for three, four minutes, whatever. Um, the one specific that was just everywhere that you couldn't ignore mm-hmm. was that some of Luke's early dialogue right. was presented. And that was one of those, like, you don't have a choice if you're on mm-hmm. social media. It's not like, hey, some Last Jedi details, click the link. It was just Luke's, the actual text of the tweet is, yeah. Luke's words are out there. So I feel like that yeah. part of it is the fact that some words were said Yeah, is out there. Yeah, first of all, the important information. Disney stocks are $110.92 a share right now. So <laughs> I'm taking some 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 uh, some donations, and I think we get in on the next one of these shareholder meetings. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. That's looking it up. That's on the- How many do we need to buy? Like, everybody who's got one stock can go, right? <laughs> yeah, just one stock. Um, so fascinating stuff to me. I did have a chance to talk about it on Jedi Council, and uh, I feel it's important to remix it here, Jennifer, because uh, I, I got a little grumpy about it, uh, and I took it out a little bit on Schmoes as well, where I was just like, don't give me the option, As even though I'm in the Star Wars media discussion world. Like, I'd like the option of some of these stories. But I, uh, beyond that, um, I find it interesting that Iger and Disney did this, not that they would show shareholders of a certain uh, pay grade, um, this stuff, but that they let this reporter from the LA Times live tweet this. Yeah. And I know we're only a month away. That's why I know it's, quote, not a big deal. But we're only a month away from getting footage at Celebration. Yeah. Stuff like this is going to start leaking out. But this wasn't a leak. This mm-hmm. was Disney going, hey, here's what it is. Um, I, that was fascinating to me, too. I don't necessarily know the strategy behind that, and I shouldn't. I'm not I'm not in that circle. Yeah. The fact that it's just one person, because there's other yeah. media there. Yeah. So I want... I mean, it doesn't seem like Disney's got hyping The Last Jedi under control, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's not like, wow, we're desperate for attention. How can we get this? Uh, yeah. So I wonder, is, maybe is it even a relationship with this specific reporter, with this specific paper? 
the LA, LA Times. Times. I, I don't know. But then Slash Film mm-hmm. also got an account from someone that was there with a really detailed version of mm-hmm. the footage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I felt like that the LA Times reporter just kind of opened the floodgates. Everyone's like, oh, right. yeah, okay. I, I was there too. Let me tell you what I saw. Yeah. I, I do wonder why they would why leak they would it to get ahead of it because they know it's going to leak anyways. Right. And I, and I will say this for we're not going to maybe go, we're going to give you guys the choice if you haven't heard uh, of or, or read what the stuff stuff is. But I mean, it's nothing that makes me go, oh, big reveal. Mm-hmm. No. Um, the Luke's words, which are even disputed already, of no, 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 that's not necessarily it, or it's from a certain point of view, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's I, a debate about whether it's his actual first words or not, because yes. a lot of things we're reporting it is his first words revealed, and there's ambiguity. Yeah, right. and I think, like I said, on council, I, there's a good chance he's a crazy person. <laughs> he turns around and is like, would you like to have coffee with my wampa? Um, how are you? Are you Chewbacca? And yeah. it's R2. Like, who knows? But um, the other footage isn't like, oh, wow, or, you know, it's what you would expect. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, I like the, I like the choice of finding that. There was out. there's one thing in that slash film list that to mm-hmm. me is just uh, utter plot. Like oh really? Yes, yes. I think I know what you're talking about. Ooh. Yeah, there's one. There's a bunch that are like that is absolutely logically what must happen right. in the movie, and one that's like oh this one other character that we were wondering how are they going to yes. figure in? Here's exactly yeah. how they're going to figure in. It's yeah, one of those yeah. dominoes like. Yes. It's it, not just a scene. It knocks over a bunch of dominoes. Yeah, we, and we talk about a lot here on Force Center of, you know, you start connecting the dots like you're in an episode of Homeland, and we can piece together this and that. That's when it, I start looking at the studios going, like, what are you doing? Don't Just, yeah. just give me one thing. And I know it's a business. And this, we are, we are. And it's to the people that say, hey, this is the side effect of being in the Star Wars media discussion world. You're, you're right. Absolutely. You're right. I just, it, I still like to have a little bit for me. Yeah. And uh, I hope that's not too selfish, Jennifer. No, I mean, I love what they did with the Force Awakens, how everything came out. Are they? I feel like they kept a lot of the mystery, and that's mm-hmm. what I, I yeah. want. Some mystery. I mean, mm-hmm. it's only a month away. We're going to get it at Celebration. Yeah, yeah. Give yeah. it. Let us just. I think. Yeah, for me, this felt a little bit like the Band-Aid coming off in a really weird way. In terms mm-hmm. of the like, I don't. I would love to see the movie without ever hearing another word about it. I know that's not sure. the world we live in. I'm going to try to be better about embracing. Yeah, yeah. that. You're oh, right. I just need to hear that. I'm going to and I'm going to try to empty my mind and go into the movie. Uh, with an right. open mind instead of trying to figure everything out. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I don't want to hear it. So this felt a little bit like, let's just gently pull a little of the edge of the Band-Aid <laughs> off. And you only got two or three arm hairs pulled out. And then come celebration, you're just going to rip everything yeah, out. And it's right. going to just be information, information, information. Yeah. Oh, but hey, none, none of it has dampened my excitement for the movie. That's for sure. Nothing right. can do that. Yeah, no. that's true. No. So that is all that happened this week. That's all for now. But we'll see what happens in the future more and more. I, the big thing is, do you think... Do you think more castings are going to come out of this Han Solo movie anytime soon? Yes. I, I keep saying yes, but Jennifer, you hope. <laughs> oh, I think. For other reasons, de- bigger yeah, reasons. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, and I'm not just talking about the little things. It still feels like we're missing some key players. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. right? Uh, yeah, and I think that Star Wars culturally and genre stuff in, in general has hit this tipping point where big name people are willing to play small roles. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to hear about two or three more people. Mm-hmm. And then I think a fun game to play is which one is going to be the Phasma? We're like, mm. exactly. Michael K. Williams could be under a helmet for yes. 30 seconds. Right. And everybody's like, whoa. Right. You know, like, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. The Phasma. This generation's Phasma. Yeah. Who's going to get phasma <laughs> Your favorite famous people will be phasma in Han Solo. Could, could you imagine back back in the day, so so Fett comes out in the holiday special cartoon segment, and then, hey, do you hear they're going to catch? Welcome to Force Center 1, 1979. Yeah. Uh, we're, we got some casting news. Jeremy Bullock's going to play Boba Fett. Who? 
<laughs> the man under the helmet. Yeah. A British gentleman. A gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> a lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
All right, guys, that is the news for the week, and we're going to go into a special big main topic today, one that we've uh, had on our uh, own internal list of topics we want to uh, discuss here in Star Wars, because it's important both in and out of the Star Wars story, and it is parenting in Star Wars. Parenting is arguably one of the main themes of Star Wars. Joseph, there's a lot of examples of good and bad parenting. Yeah, yeah. It it seemed like the right time to tackle this because we keep getting more and more parenting stories. Like uh, Rogue One could have avoided being... That story is not intrinsically. Mm -hmm. Hey, how do you steal Death Star plans? Well, first you start by orphaning a child. Right. (laughs) But you got to have it. Uh, And then uh, there's a lot of parenting themes, I thought, in the whole Aftermath series. Uh, So, yeah, so I think, like, Vader is the obvious one. I think Vader is the one we drift to. Is like, it, I think because he just has the most sort of cultural uh, repercussions because of the famous, you know, I right. am your father. Yeah. Uh, and also because there's this sort of garden industry of cute books. Yeah. About oh, Vader's yeah, bears parents, bad, yeah. bad parenting. Like, it's just sort of, we've just, yeah. it's in our culture. Like, yeah. I feel like if you would ask a random person on the street, it's like, name fathers. They'd name, like, their own and, like, Darth Vader. Darth Vader. He's a dad. <laughs> it's like he's so present as a dad. <laughs> and a very, very bad dad, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but then Luke has so many different parenting mm-hmm. figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides his actual father with, you know, Owen and Obi-Wan. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Shmi, who doesn't get talked about much, but is yeah. obviously, like, some on screen, a ton of parenting we see really right. for Star Wars. Shmi doing it is the first uh, slippery slope that uh, Anakin walks down. Yeah, you know, into his fall with what's going leaving her and then not being able to save her. Yeah, mm. mother so, issues. Yeah, important, incredibly important. Now we got Han and Leia that is mm-hmm. going to be more and more important to the sequel in the books. Uh, like Nora Wexley, I thought was a really interesting right parent character in the whole Aftermath uh, trilogy, and then Galen and Lear, like we're talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure there are many, many more, but those are the kind of the big ones that pop to me. Yeah, actually, uh, the Poe Dameron's parents, uh, Oh yeah, right. Cass Dameron and, and Shara Bay, mm-hmm. featured in Shattered Empire, which was very interesting because they went to go settle down and left, chose to to, to leave the war and leave uh, the, the post-war era and kind of just raise Poe and be a family on Yavin 4. That is an interesting thing. But Yeah, he's a celebration baby, I he, think. He's he a, a the detail that came out that they, which I love, the idea that yeah. all of these rebel fighters are like, oh, we uh, defeated the Empire. Yeah. Uh, let's make love. Yeah. Is there, a, is there an Ewok hut that we can rent? <laughs> <laughs> so, Jennifer, you, yes. you have an interesting perspective here because of the three of us, you are a parent. I am a parent. I am a parent to my PS4, Joseph to his frozen pizzas. Um, but you uh, have I become eat a parent. my young. Yeah. You, you, you have become a parent in the course of being a Star Wars fan. I have. That would have to change your viewing of this big theme in Star Wars. It really has. I'm grateful to all of the gold, Star Wars golden books and the, uh, what is it, the, the ones that you're talking, Darth Vader and Son. Yeah. And his princess, which my daughter is obsessed with. Oh, really? But she obviously... Like I don't read to her because it's kind of written like a comic style, comic book style. So I don't read to her all the quips that Darth Vader is saying, all the terrible bad parenting. <laughs> that you know, I'm just like, oh look, she's you know wanting her daddy to play with her and yeah, I'm yeah. kind of changing it. But yeah, yeah, she she loves Star Wars. So I feel proud to be a Star Wars parent. Yeah, but actual parenting in Star Wars can sometimes be a little bit problematic. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I'm actually I love for me my favorite. Favorite would be Galen and, and Lyra, specifically Lyra. Uh, yeah, Lyra. Lyra, Lyra, Lyra. Is it Lyra? Lyra. I say Lyra. It's Lyra. It's Lyra. I can't yeah, remember. It's Catelyn Stark. 
<laughs> Lyra Urso, she yeah. is a wonderful mother. Yes. I think. Yeah. And it's the most real portrayal of parenting. Like, even just how she's trying to get work done. So then they set up this little play area for Jin to entertain herself. You know, right. who can she can play on her own, do this imaginative play. It, that's so real. Yeah. And negotiating between her and Galen of like, okay, how are we going to, you know, we're both tired parents, but we have work to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, that. That to me is is very real. Some of the best stuff of Catalyst, yeah, is, is young young Jen and, and how it affects that, right? And, yeah. and I think one of the great uh, I understood it story wise, but I think it is one of the great uh, little tragedies in Rogue One that we only spend so much time with Jen's mother, mm-hmm. you know. And I get I don't know I don't know how you could have factored her on with what they were trying to accomplish, but it would have been would have been nice. Yeah, it would have been, nice. been nice. And I'm hoping that moving forward we will have more moms on. Yeah, yeah. well, or, like we talked about. Yeah, you you really want some good Star Wars mothers, right? Yeah. I mean, going forward. Yeah, well, yeah, even know? Leia, Leia. Which maybe we'll see in Episode yeah. Eight. You yeah. know, her and I thought that that relationship was great with her and Han and discussing their troubled son. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, I went through some tough teenage years, so mm-hmm. I could see my parents negotiating. Like like they were. Sure, you, know. you were a knight of Ren. <laughs> I was Kylo Ren. Yeah. I was a little emo. I will admit. Oh wow, <laughs> Jennifer in all black. <laughs> I wore black on the outside because black is how I feel on the inside. Yeah, that's what I used to say. Oh, um, anyways, I digress. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, but obviously Vader. Yeah. I mean, going back to George and his own father, George yeah. Lucas, and the power struggle mm. between his father and how he viewed his father mm. wanting him to join his family business. That is that is the epitome of... That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really what Star Wars is about. It's just Vader wanting Luke to come on into the family business, Basically. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be a part of things with me, son. Come on. Come on. Come on. Get on board. <laughs> Joseph, what are some... Uh, there's plenty of bad parenting stories, but what are some of your examples in your mind of good parenting? You know, I, I just... I have... Nora Wexley from the Aftermath series kind of lodged in my head yeah, uh, yeah. because, uh, you know, for people who haven't had the, taken the time to read all the Aftermath, not not to get too spoilery, but a lot of it is about, it's a mother's story mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the father is, is mostly gone and it's about her mother uh, abandoning her kid yeah. to go to the Rebellion. Right. So, like, there's a very familiar Star Wars uh, thing that we've seen. Right. Kids lose their parents and then they reconnect with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a lot in the book about her just really wanting to connect with him and wanting her kid to uh, like her again. Mm-hmm. So she wants her kid to like her again. And she's torn of, I am so excited to see that he is strong and rebellious and take risks because I want him to be like us, but also I want him to be safe. So it's like, I want him to be like me. I don't want him to be like me. And I feel like oh, that, there's a real realistic um, relationship from the perspective of a parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and her, Nora, having to let Snap go at a certain point and become the, the fighter and pilot and man he's maybe supposed to be yeah. versus that she came back to kind of reconnect and protect him and kind of pull out of all this. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the search for her husband and his father was factored in as well. But it was, you got the sense of, hey, I, I piloted my, my Y-wing around. I'm done. I'm ready. And he was kind of like, hey, you missed some you missed some key times, Mom. I got Mr. Bones. Yeah. And uh, so that really comes into play in Empire's End, I thought, where it's like she she 
has to let him go, but she's got her own kind of mission, and he's got to do his own. And Wedge becomes kind of this father figure to him, and it's yeah, it, yeah it's it's a it's a complicated but realistic portrayal of of uh, parenting. Yeah, you know? and in Empire's End, I think there's like a nice bookends of yes. like she kind of abandons him at the beginning of the book in yeah. a I think generally not responsible for a parent way because mm-hmm. she's obsessed about her own thing, so she's like, right. uh, this bye is bye. terrible, but I gotta go now. Bye. Yeah, uh, and then there's a moment more at the end where he is clearly wanting to become the person he's going to become mm-hmm. and she's like all right you go do that so it's like in <laughs> right. two examples of separating from your child but one is abandonment and one is you've got your wings go fly kid mm-hmm. yeah we're gonna fly now jennifer good examples of parenting um yeah from your well-trained eye yeah i would say you know and we've talked about this before is uh, uncle owen and hmm. I mean, honestly, yeah, yeah and Aunt Barry, yeah. The, I feel like they, they're adopted parents, but they're, they're great parents mm-hmm. to, to Luke. I feel like they're also very realistic, um, with how they, with how they talk with him and, you know, the kind of the discipline and the rules that they have for him. And he's right. like, no. So I, I feel like that's a very, a good example of parenting. Well, there's a lot on their shoulders. I mean, yeah. they yeah. know that this kid is the last scion of a, of a crazy man. They're one of the only people that that know maybe what's going on, whether or not they know that Vader is who he is, you know, obviously that, that could be something they weren't aware of, but to know that this is, uh, you know, this isn't just a farm boy, but we got to make him a farm boy yeah. for, for his own good. See, I have always like, as an adult, I recognize what's going on, but as a kid, that was one of the things that made a new hope the most powerful to me mm-hmm. is because uh, my parents were would sometimes really lean, they would introduce me to adventure, but then they would lean toward fear mm-hmm. in their raising ah. of me, where they would say, like when we were young, we did a fun, you know, things we explored and we, we took risks and we took challenges. And then, and they're like, I know you're getting to be a teen, but what if you never left the house? That'd be cool. Right. Cause then we, we would feel safe and, you know, like, Oh, it's really dangerous out there. Like, yeah. well, look, there's some good stuff on TV here. You know, you don't really want it. Like, yeah. and as I was growing up, the yeah. new hope became more and more powerful to me because Right. They were trying to keep Luke on the farm. They were trying to keep him away from his fate. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they were trying to, in order to save him, they were trying to keep him away from also just becoming who he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that you, you have, I would think, I'm not a parent, but you do have to let your kids take risks at yeah. some point. You do. And that's the struggle because you yeah. you don't, we don't want to see them get hurt. You don't mm-hmm. want to see them, you know, doing something that they might regret. And so, yeah, I think that's an excellent point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have I turned to the dark side? We're now I'm empathizing with <laughs> right, right. pursue no. your dreams well, it's like, and I think I, I'm so curious to see how if we're ever going to get a little bit more uh, on Leia and and Ben Kylo mm-hmm. so uh, you know because Bloodline does tat touch upon it after the fact of she already let him go with Uncle Luke, and there's probably a safety in letting him go with Uncle Luke, but uh, one of the things that Empire's End I like is, is we talked about it in our breakdown, Joseph, yeah. of she feels a great amount of the light side of the Force, which Luke's kind of like, be careful if there's a lot of light, there's a potential for a lot of dark, and so in those formative years, is did she have to make that tough... Tough uh, choice that you know Shmi kind of had to do of you know he, he's meant to help you take him yeah. um, where Leia's like I mm, but he this could go bad maybe I make him a diplomat mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I want to see how she and Han dealt with that too that's that might be an interesting take on parenting in Star Wars we've yeah. seen we've seen the end result right exactly yeah yeah I'm wondering if their story is going to be sort of the mirror of uh, Owen and Brew mm. where they're like you know what we're not going to be always suspecting you of <laughs> turning to the dark side any minute. <laughs> right, so right. we're going to be, uh, you know, I like Han's yeah. off doing races, Leia's off doing government. And they're kind of like, 
we trust you, kid. And yeah. the kid's like, pay attention to me. Attention, right. you know. You know? Got my weird Uncle Luke who's, who's like <laughs> with some Lore Santeca guy yeah. looking for relics. He just shows up and he's like, look at this artifact. Like, that's weird. One of uh, my favorite examples of parenting in Star Wars is one that we are uh, kind of maybe always aware of, but now we're getting able to put together, particularly after Bloodline, and that is uh, that is Bail Organa and uh, yeah. Princess Leia. Yeah. And, um, and how that happened, adoptive parents, but really grew up as uh, as those were her parents. Mm-hmm. And you see it, play, especially it's some of the most touching stuff is in Bloodline of Leia, kind of thinking back to Bail raising her. And he did such a great job. She is so much her, you know, for all intents and purposes, we'll call him her father. He's, he is, you know, uh, she is she is next in line in terms of who Bale was because Bale had this respect. Bale was this leader. Bale was standing up for things and was a man of action, a person of action. And uh, I think I think it shows that that's one of the finer examples of parenting in Star Wars. Yeah. Great point. Absolutely. And it, all the way up to leaving her, as we learn in Bloodline, information about who she truly is. Right. Because he knows that he's in risk and he knows that she must know this information. So, like, right. yeah, not hiding anything from your kid. Mm. Right. Absolutely. And uh, we don't go uh, too much into uh, what how... Halea's uh, mother, whose name is uh, oh Bre- Brea Organa, I had to look it up. Sorry, blank blank mind. There's so many characters in Star Wars these days. I know it's insane. Yeah. But uh, uh, you know, Queen Brea Organa doesn't uh, get a lot of credit yet because we haven't seen a lot of that in action. But it, it's it's um, you know, Evan Verlaine in the Princess Leia comic has a great amount of respect for Leia's adoptive mom. So there's something to that character as well that we haven't uh, fully taken a dive into. But I hope we do as as as, as the story move on in Star Wars. Yeah, that'd be mm-hmm. great. I would love to know more about that character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Princess Leia is good. Uh, um, um, orphans in Star Wars, though, Joseph. Yeah. Big, constant, and I think with any kind of epic. Yeah. It is kind of that thing, left alone. Exactly. World, and this is, like, this is what it's on my mind, because like with Luke, it makes sense. He has a destiny. It's the be- classic beginning of the hero's journey. And then, right. oh, wow, we discover that uh, Vader is just a guy who wants his son to follow in his footsteps yeah. and overthrow his boss so he doesn't have to be middle management anymore. <laughs> um, so that makes sense. That's the original Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I-, I think it was Gareth Edwards who just was saying, or one of the screenwriters was just like, oh, that's such a theme in Star Wars. So we added it to Rogue One. Mm. I'm like, cool. That makes sense. But then the nature of Han's story suggests that he's going to be an orphan. That's what his backstory yeah. was in Legends in all of their casting, suggesting that Woody Harrelson is playing the smuggler who kind of adopts kind this of a, yeah. little mean kid from the streets means it's not going to be looked at from the same perspective, but Han Solo is going to be an orphan story as well. Yeah. Mm. And it's gotten me to thinking like, ah, you know, there's that balance of we want to return to these themes, but I don't want every Star Wars movie to be about an orphan. Right. Yeah, well, and that goes to stuff, Jennifer, you've brought up about hey, maybe more mother stories. You know, let's just say Lyra sticks around. They find a way to make it work, and, and it's more about, hey, Jin being upset still with Galen leaving, but maybe blaming her mother, and then having that presence still active in her life. Because mm-hmm. after... The opening, her mother's not mentioned much in Rogue One at all. It's more about her father. And I have to imagine she felt the loss of her mother. So I would have liked maybe see that play now yeah. more to your point, Joseph, uh, instead of just another orphan on the run, you know? Yeah, I, I do. The thing about orphans, and it's a very common thing in, in specifically Disney stories, or even like, mm-hmm. I mean, Dickens, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand. And- yeah, exactly. I understand why it's used, because yeah. the loss of a parent, of parents, is so tragic. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the conflict is already there, and it makes for an interesting story. But 
But there is also something to be said about having a strong relationship with a parent. Like I think of my mom and myself and how mm-hmm. she is not, I wouldn't say my mentor, but she's like my rock where during mm-hmm. difficult times I go to her, she could be like my Maz Kanata. You know what I mean? Like why not see kind of something like that? Or obviously we've seen that. Um, well, not, we haven't seen that, but like uh, the, the notion of fathers being extremely important, which they mm-hmm. are, but there is, I feel like uh, I'd like to see some more moms and that kind of more positive well, relationship. That, well, that's the key. Yes. Yeah. Father issues are big in, in life and in stories. And I, right. and I get it because it's big and epic invaders of father. I understand that, but, but I would like to, to see that positive take in it. And, and, and in a world that needs more female characters of Star Wars Galaxy, that sounds like a, a role other than Leia now. We haven't really seen. But even in Force Awakens, we're not seeing that active mother of Leia. She's a general, and her son's already turned. Uh, I'd like to, I'd, I think as we go forward, Han Solo's probably not going to have it, but in something else, Boba Fett, if, <laughs> Aura Singh, there you go. The story of Aura Singh, adopted mother of Boba Fett. But yeah, oh it, would, it just would be an interesting take. Even with Dr. Aphra, the great comic series, she reunites with her long-lost father. Mm. And again, he's kind of become this weird kind of force-studying monk and makes sense to the story. But I don't understand why that couldn't have been a female or maybe we deal with her mother at some other point in time. I don't know. There's just so many family relationships to explore. It could yeah. be like between a, between siblings, you know, mm-hmm. like a, between a, a brother and a sister or two. Right. Bob. <laughs> uh, well, uh, well we, you know, we, we have a little, got bit, of a little bit of that yeah, or yeah. two brothers. I mean, if you go back to Shakespeare and you think about all the family drama between mm-hmm. uncles and, yeah. you know, I mean, there's just so much to mind. We don't always have to go back to the, the father, son or the father, daughter thing. And, and the no orphan disres- angle. Yeah, yeah. And the orphan angle. No disrespect to the fathers out there because you do a good job. Again, I get it. It's it's big picture stuff yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. powerful but but, but it's yeah. just yeah in, in terms of like real world stuff like star wars is doing a lot to to roll in uh, make to make the lo- the the galaxy logical because they have to sure mm-hmm. uh, because it can't just always be epic and mythic like it was in the original trilogy so yeah. like they've got the hollow net now you know so they, they sure. have internet television which like <laughs> back in the day when you're like watching the original trilogy your, your question wasn't like but what do they watch for entertainment yeah how does news propaganda get propagated <laughs> but, but we're getting that stuff so if we're getting that stuff then we should get real life relationship stuff not just mythic stuff yeah mm-hmm. like you know take a character like Poe Dameron mm. and like if his mother was present you know it's yeah. one thing it shapes you if you have a bad relationship with your parents or you disappear mm-hmm. it also shapes you if your parents are on you yeah and they never go away and you have a good relationship with mm-hmm. them and you're like siblings but it's parents right that makes a dynamic if you have a, you know an overbearing parent who is just always there like yeah how does it change a cool character like Poe Dameron if, like, his mom is in the resistance, too? Ooh. Yeah. And that's on screen, and that's a part of the dynamic. Ooh. That's, yeah, that's so good. Ex- See, that to me is, like, so new and fresh and exciting. That's the kind of storytelling that I feel, you know, that is something that we have not really seen. Yeah. Yeah. In Ooh, fact, I, I'm like going to put a call to action right now on the Force Center uh, Twitter feed at Force Center Pod. Uh, use the hashtag Star Wars Moms and pitch Star Wars <laughs> stories <laughs> that you want to see revolving around uh, the mother relationship. Let's wow. put that out there. Yeah. Oh, let's put it. See what, we can, what, see what we can get going here. Yeah. <laughs> Next animated series, Star Wars Moms. Star Wars Moms. Star Wars Moms. Star Wars Mom. It'd be great. It'd be great. It's absolutely important, you know. (laughs) Um, We do have an opportunity to go into uh, someone else's 
backstory in terms of parents, and that is Ray. Yeah. Um, mm. Or as I'm calling her now, Jon Snow, because Ray's not her real name. No, is nor is Jon Snow. That is real name. Um, so just in terms of a parent-child story, uh, Joseph Jennifer, what would be a good and interesting backstory for Ray if we can fill this out now? Yeah, because you know? I, I was thinking about this because we've been focusing on the mystery of Ray. Yes. And like we've mentioned many times, we've got the problem of it needs to be kind of a clear answer. Like mm-hmm. somebody sent us uh, on Force Center a great theory that managed to connect uh, Ray's lineage all the way back through to Dooku. Yeah. It's like, like, great. I don't think they're going. It's a really cool theory. Great Grandpa Dooku. Great Grandpa Dooku. But I don't think they're, they're, they can't on screen right. have it be a powerful moment and then have somebody bring out the, you know, roll down the PowerPoint <laughs> presentation and be like, Margot Robbie okay. in a bathtub is going to pop up and be like, all right. All right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So they can't do that uh, yeah. level of exposition. So it is going to be something kind of simple and elegant. But, uh, in terms of the mystery of who is our, her parents, but in terms of what is the story of parents choosing to hide and or abandon their child is maybe mm-hmm. going to be something new and fresh. Mm, yeah, yeah that, and, that is fascinating. Yeah, because it's probably not that the parent was lost through violence. It's mm-hmm. probably that the parents either couldn't have Ray for some reason right. or that they thought she would be better off in this really horrible, rough place. Yeah, I mean, that's strongly insinuated with that ship flying away and yeah. her waiting for someone to come back. Now, look, this all gets thrown out the window if she's a clone. Yep. Um, and I think that's, I still think that's some somewhat of a high probability. I don't know. Call me yeah. crazy. Um, just more and more. Or, f- I don't know, is she is she alien to this world? I don't know. what What's going on on Jakku? Why is she on that rock as well when the yeah. rest of the galaxy had some important stuff going on there? Um, uh, Jennifer, would you we we focus on again we focus more on who her father is because the natural thing of hey is it luke is it luke there are more suspects there's There's just more suspects yeah it's a lack of of choices and 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 the female characters there to say hey someone else but i you know is it going to be revealed is it laura dern is it mara jade in some form is it something else going on uh what would you want jennifer we're not about this isn't about predicting so much and conspiracy Mm -hmm. theories but how could you see it play out, say, if it was her mother or, or, or something else? I'll tell you what. I cannot imagine leaving my daughter. There yeah. would have to be, I would either have to be killed mm. or there would have to be an extremely life or death reason why I would leave her on this planet. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Can you imagine flying away and seeing her? Ah! Oh, Especially with Uncar Plot. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Quiet, girl. Terrifying. <laughs> so I'm I'm going to say that her family are... Oh, I mm. kind of am speculating, but... Well, of course. But. It would be... Wouldn't it be kind of... Would it be a letdown? Let me say this. Would it be a letdown if her parents are both alive and they have no force abilities? They're people that we don't even know. Muggles? But, yeah, muggles. Would that be a letdown as opposed to her father being Luke or... I think it would be perceived as a letdown because yeah. we all want some big reveal uh-huh. in this post-Game of Thrones uh, episode 9 society that we live in now. Um, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'm not opposed to it. I think it's a rough... I, I think it would be because of all of the things we're talking about of something fresh. Mm-hmm. That would be a fresh story that would take Star Wars away from the mythic faded to anybody can be born mm-hmm. incredibly powerful with the Force. It runs in families, but it starts somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so that's really fresh and really new, but it is a hard sell in the movie theater to not have people just go like, 
And the answer to the mystery is, there is no mystery. Ha-ha. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> the answer is Bob and Sharon Ray. Yeah. Here they are, hanging and out on Coruscant. They run a bed and breakfast. They're really short on credits. They love their daughter. They were told Jakku was great. We were introduced in Aftermath, uh, Empire's End, to this group called the Anchorites. Yes. That is trying to raise kids. It's very uh, uh, mm-hmm. Dickensian. It's very Charles Dickens. Ooh. Yeah. So, they're, so that made me think that maybe the intention was to leave her on this weird backwater planet mm. with this group of people who does raise kids mm-hmm. and it just all fell apart and Uncar Plot was just like, come here, come here, you, 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 give me some credits. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be what interesting. What if her parents were kidnapped? Oh, that now we're talking. That would be fascinating, right? Okay. They're taken against their will, they have some sort of special skills, I'm kind of going to Guillaume Urso here, but you know, something mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe her mom is Laura Dern. I, I just yeah, feel maybe, like... maybe we get a mother and child reunion. Ooh. Yeah. It's always emotion away. Yeah, maybe her dad is Snoke and it's all been tied together and there are not two mysteries. There's one mystery. Oh, my. I'm sure many people have said that. <laughs> Nothing new from me today. This is your Uncle Thrawn. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of options, but it'd be it'd be interesting. Uh, it'd be interesting if the focus suddenly switches to Ray's mother. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. I still pitched, you know, back in Screen Junkies days that, you know, it's Luke and he on his dying breath says, go to your mother. She's the one that's really going to help you. Here's where she is. Here's the coordinates. Take R2. Take the ship. Yeah. Go for it. Mm. It'd be a powerful choice. You, it, it's true, though, that practically the parent-daughter story is going to be between Luke and Ray. Yes. Yeah. And that's, I mean, Maz's line kind of indicates yeah. that of a, you, you, the longing, the connection you're looking for is not in your yeah. past, it's in your future with right. Skywalker. Mm, right. 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 They're dead. They're dead. <laughs> <laughs> the parents are dead. I mean, you know, it's, it's just... Uh, for story sake, sorry. It's dead or bed and breakfast. Uh, it's one of the two. <laughs> one other example of parenting in Star Wars is, 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 is a different one, Joseph, and that is the Jedi model of uh, it takes a village. That's and right. And that is uh, there's because of the system of Padawan and Master, you do have you have examples of motherhood. I think uh, Depa Bilaba, Bilaba, Bilaba? <laughs> Depa Bilaba, is that how you say her name? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. when you say her name, you sound like Depa. what a pratfall feels like. Yes. Uh, Depa Bilaba. That is, of course, the Master to Caleb Dune, a.k.a. Kanan Jarrus. Yeah. That was a, a mother-son kind of a relationship. Um, and then you see, you know, fathers, and it's all, and aliens, and, and uh, Yaddle. Uh, a lot of different kind of mentor and parent-like <laughs> relationships in the uh, Jedi model there, Joseph. Uh, but what does it mean for a kid? Yeah, to me, I, I, I think it's fascinating because when we all uh, saw the prequels for the first time and realized, like, oh, Jedi aren't these nomadic things who find mm-hmm. a somebody strong in the force like they actively go get toddlers (laughs) and obviously this is like uh so this has got to be a big thing in the galaxy that's that parents are kind of aware like well a jedi might come and say i have this life of purpose for your kid yeah and obviously the jedi don't steal children yeah that's not the way this it's what it feels like sometimes but that's not the story so you got the parents on the one side or like the real parents are just like what young obi-wan is strong in the force take him yeah great yeah he'll never look back that's cool and so you have parents that are cool with that but then you have that mix of they clearly have a relationship with the jedi who found them like we learned with plo koon and ahsoka tano Mm -hmm. then they're they don't have a specific parent figure yeah because they're just younglings yeah at first you're 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 right Mm -hmm. the youngling system i I mentioned the padawan and the master but yeah it's a while before that's just sort of like you you attach on yoda probably yeah yeah i would think Mm -hmm. so so it's just such a i kind of wanted to ask you jennifer because i feel like it's a you forget found by someone when you're a toddler Mm -hmm. then you're just in a pool with many mentors Mm -hmm. and then when you're kind of a teen you go through a challenge to find your real 
mm-hmm. mom, dad of the force. Right. Your real sort of parent mentor <laughs> figure. Your force mom. Your that force mom. <laughs> your force mom. Your force dad. That would be very, I mean, that's a lot for a kid, right? Yeah. I mean, well, it's kind of like they're going to Hogwarts, except they're there for all the time. Yeah. Um, or, it's, I, or it's like you're on the Russian gymnastics team. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You will go Florida train for Olympics. Take oh, kid now. Man, I can't. I mean, you have to believe that. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. Des- you have a, spe- a specific destiny. Right. Um, but it does take a village. Yeah. So I am. I mean, you you have to think that these younglings are are wrangled. I mean, because it's like if you have toddlers, they're they're tantrums. <laughs> Good lord! Like force you, tantrums. Yeah. Force tantrums. Can you imagine that? They're throwing their sippy cups. Um, I want to see a little Qui Gon going. No. No. <laughs> Crushing the sippy cup. Don't want to go outside. Maybe they don't have tantrums because they have these special powers. <laughs> They're taught to meditate from a very young age. Very young sure. age. These are the questions that will keep me up at night. Yeah, and it's weird. You know, look, I, I went to Montessori school and preschool. Oh, okay. You know, and that was kind of like becoming a Jedi. <laughs> yes. You know, my parents had to put me before the council of nuns, yes. and the nuns would decide. And my, my mom bargained. We were a little uh, lower, lower middle class family, so my mom bargained and, like, cleaned the school every night for free to get, get me and you know, um, so I felt like a Jedi growing up. You know, yeah. you're, you know how many beans can go from one bowl to the other? All right, you're ready for life. Um, but Jennifer, would you? I mean, th- this is. Can you imagine me in the situation of some weird dude in a robe shows up? Be like, your kid's gifted. We're gonna take them. No, I can't. I mean, that's the thing with Shmi. But the, the thing that I, the way that I justified it is it kind of reminds me of like, you know, the biblical stories. Sure. She's just like, okay, I know that this, he is destined for a greater path, so I will just be selfless. But mm-hmm. I'm, as a parent, no, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be selfless like that. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to let go of my daughter. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really can't. Imagine, but that's why they're stories mm-hmm. because these people are able to right. give it's, up their children. Right, it's not for us to judge; it's for us to play around with different ideas. Exactly. Right. And I think uh, not being a parent myself, I think it can be a little bit more uh, step step back in in like with the Jedi thing. The idea of oh, if you if you really want to raise people with a sense of community mm-hmm. and a sense of selflessness not having a specific adult that you're attached to when you're very young, mm. but just you are a part of a community. Yeah. Oh, Is sure. like maybe a good way. I don't know if it's, I would ever advocate for it in the real world, but is I like just a way to play around with these ideas. It's a very interesting idea to be like, you are, you are an individual, but you have a responsibility to others always. Is it kind of like being raised by a Burning Man camp? <laughs> I think so. With less pot, I think. A little bit of less pot smoke. Or more with those Jedi. Talking about your childhood, yeah, yeah. the... I think that that level of responsibility that... I would love to see a Jedi story sometime where they do... They're teaching them all this responsibility, all this community, mm-hmm. and then like there's got to be a, a playground because they have to yeah. like release. <laughs> like I, my, I was raised like uh, what I would call like Catholic light. My parents sure. only went to like super relaxed, right. hippie. Like we're gonna play Beatles for half the actual <laughs> Sunday hour, uh, and and I went to a, a Catholic school when I was like second third grade, which was yeah. very light, and then. I think it was second grade, mm. and it came time for the confessional. Right, right. And Ooh. my mom's perspective was like, mm. he said a mean thing to his brother about an action figure. He doesn't need to go to confessional. <laughs> and you know, whatever religious beliefs, I'm not making any judgments. I'm sure. just saying from like, that was like a good learning lesson for me. Of like, right. I was learning all these these values. I was learning all these perspectives. But then, you know, my mom really came in forcefully and said, yeah. my belief system is that a child is still a child. Yeah. Mm. And it doesn't need to take on these adult responsibilities yet. Yeah, which, I, you know, see, I think 
Anakin could not have been the only Jedi coming up that had problems. Yeah. Right. You know, was there other tales that we've not heard of? And they didn't quite go to the Sith, but they, you know, I'm going to go open up a diner. Like, screw this. I'm out of here because it just seems like that. Yeah, it does seem like yeah. there would be that moment where you would come to at least some of the younglings and say, like, a Jedi's path is the most responsible path there is. Mm-hmm. And the younglings being like, cool, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. I'm, out. I'm done. I don't want. I don't this. do that. I'm gonna run a bed and breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> don't care what my midichlorian count is. I don't know. Uh, even the Sith, you know, they have the master apprentice relationship, and mm. Palpatine for, and it's the Plagueis novels, not canon and everything, but but it, there's some still themes in there where Palpatine, for all intents and purposes, raised Maul with yeah. his father. Um, you know, is that is that another form of, of really bad parenting, Joseph? Yeah, especially <laughs> since it got uh, put into canon with that Darth Maul son of Dathomir yeah. comic that Mother Talzin is. Yeah. Maul's mother yeah. gave him to Palpatine. Yeah. So, like, yeah, we have yet another example of, like, yeah, that was not really good <laughs> in, in parenting there. Mother calls in to just hand him over. But, yeah, I mean, th- there's not many clues. But, you know, Palpatine certainly watches over Anakin. Mm-hmm. He's playing a long game. Yeah. He is, you know, super evil, but he is also, like, educating Anakin. He's giving him some choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's giving him some other perspectives. <laughs> yeah, he's always there in a very, very parental role. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm. But it's kind of manipulative. It's, it's, it's not, super. It's yeah. not the best form of parenting. No. No. <laughs> no. And then the whole notion of like the rule of two yeah. and then knowing that, you know, your apprentice is going to kill you. Like, or at is, least try. Or yeah. at least try. Yeah. yeah. It's a very um, dysfunctional relationship. Yeah. yeah. It is a good way to externalize, I think. You know, uh, sometimes parents get to that point when their kids are getting into like high school and college and they either. They have that choice of, like, when their kid starts to excel, either you collapse your identity into your child and you're that kind of weird stereotypical parent who's like, I'm going to celebrate that they're doing really well at football. Well, I sucked at football. Mm. Right. And I'm I'm going to put my identity into how well they're doing. Or you get that, like, uh, sort of. Uh, I didn't accomplish what I wanted to. And now my child is yeah. killing it. Like that's kind of what's in that Sith relationship of like what to be the best Sith, you should try to kill me, but I dominate you. So I'm never going to let you kill me. It's like like a stage parent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it is. I, I think right now I'm going to put this out there. So it's a copyright claim for the three of us. We should write a book called the Sith's guide to parenting. <laughs> put it out there. All right. So if anyone else takes it, I'm coming after you. This is a mark the date. Mark that the date. A lot of mentor figures are uh, in star Wars. Uh, who are like mothers and fathers, and we mentioned uh, Bail Organa and Brea Organa uh, being the adoptive parents of Princess Leia, uh, and it's an interesting take because orphans being such a strong theme, Joseph, but it does encourage uh, a healthier view of adoptive parents and mentors later on in life, which is something I can speak to, um, having a good relationship with my parents, but having some other adults kind of lead me uh, the next legs in yeah. life that my parents maybe didn't have a chance to. So, uh, overall, that this is, a, this is a healthier view of parenting, right? I think so. I think it's one of the healthiest things that Star Wars has to say about parenting. And like, even going back to what I, I think the sequel mm-hmm. story is going to be that Maz Kanata says like, no, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You, you can still find this sort of a guidance and this love and the support mm-hmm. that you need from a parent figure who isn't your actual parent. Unless yeah. Luke is her dad. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but certainly we see that. We see that right away with Obi-Wan Kenobi and like that so much of a new hope is about right. Luke's deep connection to this great man who he's clearly seen as a father figure. Right. We're going to get a different version of that, I'm pretty sure, in the Han Solo movie. Yeah. But I think that's a pretty healthy idea that family doesn't have to just be blood. Right. Mm, Absolutely. Love is sometimes stronger than blood. Blood sometimes thicker than love and 
and and more uncomfortable and more annoying <laughs> and more challenging. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Jennifer, Ken went to a place. <laughs> Jennifer, your thoughts on uh, adoption and adoptive parents and and orphans finding mentors later on in life in Star Wars. I think it's I think it's wonderful. It paints such a positive portrayal of, of mm-hmm. ad- adoptive parents uh, with mm-hmm. Bale and uh, Uncle Owen. I think of my my stepfather who mm-hmm. he always he was adopted mm-hmm. and he talks about how wonderful it was for him and how he he basically he sees them as as his mother sure. and father and nothing else. I also love the idea of mentor figures mm-hmm. because while we love our parents or maybe we don't, but th- there is something that when you have a mentor. <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> I love your parents, Jennifer. <laughs> I love my parents, but um, yeah. So when you have a mentor figure, there's something that like you can something you can talk to them. In, well, yeah, you can talk to them in, di- in a different way than absolutely, you can absolutely. Parents. And they see they might see you in a different way as well that your parents will always just see you as their baby. Right. But the mentor sees, you know, no, I see this this great potential and yeah. we're going to yeah. cultivate that and there's something exciting about Yeah, that. you talk about like a protect, I get parents being protective, but that was maybe one of my issues. My mother was very, very protective and would have probably told Qui-Gon, nope, we're good. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, so later on in life I found other other people in different fields of, of my careers and all that kind of stuff. Just, you know, I, I needed that. Uh, and so that mentorship in Star Wars, very, very big about the mentorship. Now, if you're a mentor in Star Wars, watch out, you're probably going to die. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah and, and I like I like that view, and and it, and it speaks. Uh, you know, adoption is a, is an important and sometimes sensitive issue, and so to see Leia go so far um, with a, a different kind of family structure than than the quote unquote norm, eh, that that's powerful as well too. I mm. think they had you know that, now that I'm thinking about it, the whole notion of Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru like holding Luke back, and then mm-hmm. he finds a mentor in Obi Wan. It reminds me of George Lucas and how mm-hmm. his own father yeah. was holding him back, and then he found mentors along his way, like Francis Ford Coppola, mm-hmm. who really encouraged him mm-hmm. to to push further and push more towards his goal. Yeah. Yeah, and if, if you do look at that as that kind of relationship that's maybe ambiguous but has some problems mm-hmm. in it, that it will be really interesting as I think more movies and more books come out with the Han, Leia, Ben. It, this might be a really fresh opportunity of we all know because we've lived with Han and Leia, that they are essentially good people who maybe weren't the best parents. And it's right. the kid who's wrong. Mm, who's just right. like, kid, we grew up with them. We have action figures of them. We have bed sheets of them. They're the coolest parents you could ever have, yeah. you little ingrate. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Kylo himself says to Ray, you know, oh, you look up to Han Solo, he'll disappoint you. Yeah. Trust me. Just oh. trust me. <laughs> Final question. It's very important here when we're talking about parenting in Star Wars. If, if, if you, Joseph, Jennifer, and to myself... Could have been raised by a Star Wars character. Who would you have liked to raise you? Holy moly. Yeah, this is a hard one. Uh, oh. I, got, I got a thought, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, I, went, I cycled through a lot of my favorite characters, but emotionally, yeah. when I closed my eyes, mm-hmm. the person I saw was Yoda. Okay. Because mm. Yoda has spent a bunch of time with kids. Mm-hmm. He's got a little bit of a sense of humor. Uh, he is delighted by kids. So he's got that nice and warm side, but he's also going to teach you a lot of stuff. And as a as like a kid under Yoda, you have like the ultimate trump card of like Yoda has to do good. Like right. you can always play the hypocrite card like kids do when they're angry at their parents. They're like, right. you told me to do this. And Yoda's always going to have said to do the best, most noble thing. So if he's right. ever kind of difficult, you're like, Yoda, go meditate. <laughs> Right. Dad Yoda, go meditate on this. You will. And I think you'll find out <laughs> you're being a hypocrite, Yoda. <laughs> Jennifer? Oh, Bail Organa. 
Fan. And not just because it's Jimmy Smith's. <laughs> I mean, I, come on, you're I, right. I mean, because then I would be Leia. I mean, look at the, look at the daughter that he <laughs> raised. Yeah, yeah. You know, the strong leader um, who was mm-hmm. so confident. I would, yes. Yeah, and he trusts her with his life. Exactly. Right. Oh. I would. I, I've been thinking about this one since I saw this question pop up, Joseph. And and there's a lot of options. And you know, Luke's not a bad current Luke. Mm-hmm. I'm not a little jealous of Ray. She's got to spend some mentorship time with him. I love Han, but I could see Han maybe. I can get why Han's not a bad, uh, not a great father, not a bad one. But you know, I could see it. You could yeah. see it bubbling over even in Empire's End. He's like, how do I do this? How do I even hold this? Uh, thing? How do I hold this little wiggly creature? I will say, let's just put it in a different time and say uh, the character survives. I would maybe like to be raised by Ahsoka Tano. Oh. Oh, nice. Because there's someone who would allow you to challenge beliefs by also believing in structure and, and some kind of, hey, purpose outside of yourself, but uh, self-sufficient, uh, powerful uh, against uh, immeasurable odds at times and doing the right thing, but also doing the right thing when maybe it seems like the wrong thing to those uh, at, at large. I think that'd be a well-balanced, uh, plus she's an adventurer, so it'd be kind of a fun tooling around the galaxy childhood. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And she's willing to walk away from things when they're not right. Like right with the Jedi, mm. being able to to uh, turn her back when she needs to, and uh, and 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 how she helps others. You know, I love that's what I love about the Ahsoka book. It's a lot about her selflessness uh, in helping this little oh, yeah. village and and uh, good traits, good traits, things I'd probably do wrong, but good traits. <laughs> that's a good point. Guys, that is our discussion on parenting in Star Wars. Much more to say, without a doubt. And we know a lot of you out there who listen to us are parents as well. So let's keep this conversation going on our Twitter page at Force Center Pod using the hashtag Force Center and. You you can use that hashtag Star Wars Moms. Pitch us a Star Wars Mom story, but also uh, talk about how uh, uh, what you take out of the Star Wars saga for parenting, both practical and lessons, and uh, and maybe even uh, like Jennifer's face in here with a young Padawan. And uh, how do you present Star Wars and make sure your kid likes Star Wars? You know, if your kid <laughs> doesn't, all right, don't force it on him. But how do you uh, how do you do it? Um, let us know that stuff, and also on our Facebook page as well. We'll talk more about those uh, social media locations at the end of the show. On those locations, you can always reach out with some great questions. And, Joseph, we have a lot of good ones here today. Yes, we do. Uh, we wanted to grab one that was sort of parent-themed. Mm-hmm. Uh, this comes from Stephen Kelly on Facebook, who asks, Whose place would you most like to stay for dinner at? Shmi Skywalker, Mr. and Mrs. Lars. Very respectful, Stephen, <laughs> to call them Mr. and Mrs. Lars. <laughs> or Yoda. Hmm. Wow, I got to Well, none of these... Weather conditions meet my no. needs. I hate uh, hot weather and I hate humidity. And I got to imagine Dagobah, despite some uh, some rain, is a pretty humid, damp, yeah. disgusting land. I got to put that aside. Yeah. Um, that said, I think I'll go with Shmi Skywalker. Ooh. Yeah. You got, you got a village center there. She clearly allowed Anakin to kind of uh, discover who he was as a builder of droids mm-hmm. and, and a little adventure in his own little way. Um, and that that she 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 hosted a good dinner. Yep. She mm-hmm. hosted a good dinner. I go right. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go for the food. Let's put it that way. Okay. But I would go to visit Yoda and just have a fireside chat with him. Yeah. I just would, and I would kind of treat it like I'm Anthony Bourdain, you know, like exploring. The- <laughs> <laughs> cuisine there or whatever. I'd be kind, even if it tasted awful. Uh, but I just, yeah, what a, what a time we would have together. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Joseph. Yeah. You know, I'm gotta, I gotta go Shmi too. And I, yeah. I'm thinking about it this from a mostly food perspective since we have seen, uh, yeah. you know, food at all of these. Yoda, I think, I think Yoda makes his soup is bland. Yes. Right. I mean, he's only got so much to work with. Oh yeah. And I don't, I think he's the kind of person of like, you know, the excitement you should find in your mind, not your taste buds. Like, yeah. God. 
damn it, Yoda. Um, and <laughs> I didn't mean to swear. It just came out. I apologize. Uh, and then, yeah, the, whatever that the space corn that's going in the Cuisinart for uh, <laughs> at Mister and Mrs. Lars Homestead. Mm, no, I don't want Cuisinarted corn. Yeah, Cuisinarted yeah. husk vegetable from very, space. Very late seventies style yeah. kitchen. Yeah. yeah, a lot of Tupperware, a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But Shmi basically lives in like a, a fun, you know, a market. Yes. You know, we see. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we see some like spices in the background oh, at Phantom yeah. Menace. Yeah. yeah, you know. So I think she's probably makes the best actual food. Yeah, I agree with for that. sure. I agree. With and that. I have in of all these characters, uh, Shmi's the biggest mystery of what what is what exactly she is. is she thinking? Where did she come from? Yeah, mm. you know, yeah. when she was suddenly impregnated by the Force, how was that? What was that? <laughs> that, was that yeah. like? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great question, Stephen. That's great. Yeah. So uh, we're going to go on to a meteor question in a way uh, mm-hmm. from Tom Thustian, also on Facebook. Great last name, by the way, Tom. Way to go. Uh, we ask people sometimes to give a little bit of their own sort of a backstory or, or, or a little bit of a story along with the question and tom gave sure. us a great one star wars figures have been a huge part of my fandom i remember the first figures i got was a bucket of pre-loved <laughs> kenner originals my favorite figure in the bucket was an obi-wan painted completely purple oh awesome <laughs> since then i've had an affinity with these stranger star wars figures whether it's a character that appears on screen for a split second or just a bizarre design attached uh, and tom included a picture is an anakin force spirit that is so weird at the back it states his weapon of choice is loyalty and love <laughs> what are some of the weirder characters in your collection or you have come across mm. i think was that a mail way i think that was a mail way was it or i don't uh, know this was a much later, later? like oh, uh, this is like uh, definitely into the 2000s um, oh wow yeah uh, yeah so wow. they, when you know they had weird information about like their statistics of like weapon and blah, blah, yeah blah, like that so that's where that came from <sighs> you know so i i i know just you have a special affinity for these type of I characters i do i do yeah uh growing up with me i had uh, i had all those kenner ones until i sold them tragically but i had a lot of the main ones and it was the power of force is when you started getting the little ones for me it's like having having uh, john ratzenberger you know major Brent Durlin. Yeah. Those are the kind of fun things for me. Uh, I, I didn't go out and get a lot of the, you know, Amana Man and yeah. Man Man and Amana Man, uh, <laughs> Baratu, Clicktu, Clatu. I didn't get along getting all those as much. So yeah. uh, I, I was like the little, like, oh, that guy had one line. You know, I like that guy. Yeah. 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 Um, Jennifer, did, did you collect a lot either? Uh, as a kid or uh, when the the series was rebooted, the action figures were rebooted in the late 90s? Right, The Power of the Force. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think that any of them were particularly bizarre, except mm. I did, I had a plush Ewok, of course. Um, that's not bizarre. <laughs> I would cry if you didn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't, no, not bizarre. I, I don't, uh, yeah. I have to think about yeah, that. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm more of a straight-ahead collector. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it's weird. One of the weirder ones I have is, uh, I forget the brand, it came out uh, probably late 90s or the 2000s, and it's a Princess Leia in the still bikini on the back of the, the sail barge, and it's like an action pose. And talking about the sexualization of that character, you could buy that thing probably at the Hustler store. It oh. looks so it's Was so, this one of those unleashed ones where it, they like yes. were doing like big power moves? It was sort of like if yes. they were insane anime characters at their height of their power. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh. It was and it's I still have it. And it's so you look at it, you're like, oh, I, I see where we've gone wrong as a society. <laughs> this is a problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh well for me, this is like straight up my alley of how a lot I spent a lot of time expressing my Star Wars fandom, particularly yeah. when the power of the force came out and it was really successful 
successful getting into like a 98, 99, 2000 when they were clearly like, oh, wow, we can make all of those weird ones. Yeah. So I, I've spoken about it before. I've had specific jobs where I got through them because I was just like brainstorming what could they make. Right. And my favorites were when they started to make uh, action figures of two or three seconds or frames. Right. Of. One of my favorites was they had a Han Solo as he's emerging from Carbonite. Oh, so you got the yes. you got the block yes. that was his sort of like cutout. Uh-huh. So like the hollow one after he fell out and his shirt was muddy. And then he just he had like this face. Uh, uh, it's sad that this is audio. He had a face like he was both sad and going to the bathroom because they were really trying to illustrate like his eyebrows are knitted together and his mouth is a little open to like indicate that one little scene where he's like opening his mouth as the carbon freezing is coming out. Yeah. So I always love the weird ones that are just just in that very frozen, weird yeah. moment. Yeah. Uh, one of the only figures uh, that I brought with me here when I moved to Los Angeles three years ago was the Revenge of the Sith Yoda that, for no reason mm-hmm. that I've ever had any explanation for, was packaged with one arm straight up holding his lightsaber yes. in the other arm straight down so it looks exactly like Yoda is just sticking his lightsaber in the air and grabbing his crotch. <laughs> like, how can you possibly make that and not take a look back and go, this is weird. Why is, all right, Yoda with crotch grabbing action? Okay, that's fine. So, uh, Tom, great question. Yes. Uh, I, I love all the weird ones. I could go on and on. Maybe we'll do an episode about it sometime, but I, I love yeah. all, the, all the weird ones. Yeah. Uh, final question uh, from Mark Canope. This week, I finished Life Debt. Therapy Ewoks make me so happy. Do you want Finn to have one in The Last Jedi? <laughs> We're all looking at you. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Hi, Mark. Uh, yes, of course. And you know why? Because I would just love to hear, like, there's going to be some groans in the audience. Yeah. And I just, I will relish it. <laughs> <laughs> they made it back on screen, whether y'all like it or not. Yeah. Your groans make Jennifer yeah. powerful. <laughs> I, I... I love this idea, and it makes sense because I am one of the as much as I've I'm not anti Ewok, but yeah, I'm a I'm a B plus Ewok fan. Where you're an A plus Ewok fan, Jennifer. Uh, but I do want Ewoks to come back in some way, shape, or form. I, it would be some. It would be odd to me that the 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 rebellion turned Repub- new republic turned resistance just was like eh, forget those little teddy bears that helped us win the war. <laughs> like, yeah. the, right. So, um, but much like say a Jar Jar, it'd be hard to bring kind of these weirder characters that people have a controversial or powerful opinions about um, back in a normal way until I heard I saw this question from Mark and that is a logical established canonical way to have an Ewok around Finn your back's still a little messed up the back does working meet Chub Chub yeah <laughs> I want this to happen for one main reason is that when the lights would go up on Last Jedi, yeah. everybody who doesn't know about Therapy Ewoks because it's a like minor <laughs> page long detail yes. in a very dense True. novel would turn and go, what the F was that? Why did Finn, why was Finn having his hand held and his back rubbed by one of those little <laughs> murder bears from, and, every, and you could, you would hear all the, uh, well, technically, in uh, Aftermath uh, Life Dead, uh, we were introduced the concept of a therapy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Love it. Love yeah. it. Great, Great question, question. Mark. Oh, Great question. Guys, we appreciate uh, appreciate you sending those questions uh, to our Twitter page at Force Center Pod using the hashtag Force Center on our Facebook page as well. If you haven't liked the Facebook page already, please do 
that. We are approaching a thousand likes, and uh, that is what we uh, one of our immediate goals there. And also, when I am at Star Wars Celebration next month, I'm going to be broadcasting live when I can from the Facebook Live page, the Force Center Facebook Live page, and trying to give you some of my reactions and some of the fun. I'll be over there with uh, some of the Collider crew. So uh, please uh, follow us there so you can get all those information and support us there and send kind of uh, longer form questions like Tom did here. Also on Twitter, Twitter at Force Center Pod, we are racing towards 2,000 uh, uh, followers. I almost said subscribers. Same concept. <laughs> um, please, if you haven't already, give us a follow there. You could be like Admiratus himself, Stephen Stenton, who now follows us with uh, We Are Humbled by Barlack. Yeah. Um, also, just of our Twitter. Yeah, as we said uh, up top, we we are uh, been consistent in the iTunes top two hundred of TV and film, and uh, that's important stuff. It helps uh, spread the word, not just to other fans, but professionally as well. As we try to reach out and do bigger and bigger, better things for you guys out there. So if you haven't uh, already, and you'd like to give us a rating and review on iTunes, it doesn't take too much of your time. And finally, again, Star Wars Podcast Awards. The voting is up until April 1st. You can go to StarWarsPodcastAwards.com for that and give us a vote. Joseph, Jennifer, as always, it's great to uh, have these deep discussions with you guys over fun and wild and weird and deep and emotional topics, and I think this was one of our best ones uh, today. So proud to have you guys along for the ride and to be in the uh, cockpit with you guys on this journey. So, Joseph, where can they find you? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram, and all the social media is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can go to my website josephscrimshaw.com to follow along with any of my various comedy adventures. Uh, I've got some live shows coming up. I'll be at some conventions this summer. Uh, I've got my Star Wars comedy album, Rebel Scum, and all the information on that is at josephscrimshaw.com. Jennifer, the only parent of the bunch. Yes, yes. You can follow me on social media, all the social media sites, at Jennifer Landa, and my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa, where I do have a new video up right now. Yay. A random one. I bought some Star Wars stuff from Nordstrom. I saw that. There was some good stuff. Yeah. Who thought. First of all, I thought, wow, Jennifer's a highfalutin Star Wars fan. <laughs> I'm over at the 99 cent store getting getting Star Wars stuff. Uh, no. Gift card. So. Uh, I kid, I kid. Uh, well worth the follow. Go over and subscribe to Jennifer's YouTube page if you haven't already. Follow me at Cat Napsock. Guys, that's it for Four Center today. We will see you next time. May your therapy Ewok serve you well. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.